Thanks for tuning in to the Fandom Done Right podcast. This episode is brought to you by the National Park Service. Smokey the Bear wants to let you know that only Alfred can prevent forest fires. Hello listeners, thank you for joining us uh, back on Fandom Done Right. Today I am Tim Duncan and with me is Spencer Price. Uh, We are going to continue our journey through the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, Today we are going over the Dark Knight. Probably one of the best reviewed and uh, loved comic book movies ever. Uh, Ever. It was... Yeah, and and it was released even before the MCU began. So just just what a great movie. You know, actually it was released 2 months after the MCU began. Ah. Uh, but crap. same year. Cut. Iron Man doesn't <laughs> Roll it back. Just kidding. Wait, so it was released after Incredible Hulk or Iron Man? Uh, it came out in July. Iron Man came out in May, same year. Wow. I think Hulk came out like August or something. Yeah. No, Hulk came out around the same time because the, this must have come out in between Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and Hulk or something. Because July 18th was its release date. What a weird time for movies. I also am just now realizing that I think this podcast has reviewed like half of the movies that came out in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> On accident. <laughs> On accident. <laughs> this one's complete. Yeah, it, I was a little nervous going into this one just because it's like, it's so, so well thought of over everything else. Like even yeah. non-superhero people like this, it, it's, it's so big and it's a wild ride it is like the fastest two plus hours of my of your life (laughs) there's quite a few points in it where i'm like all right it's it's getting ready to end and then it keeps on going and it's like batman begins had a lot of slow moments uh and this does not have a single one yeah even the dialogue scenes are like cut as short as possible it feels like not that we're missing anything from them. It's just like it's it's a it's a it's a slight change from Batman Begins in terms of scope and how much is going on. And Dark Knight Rises is kind of somewhere in the middle, I guess. I also realized something else since we're kind of we're fixing to review Arkham City, that Dark Knight trilogy and the Arkham trilogy kind of take the same like pattern. Like Batman Begins and Arkham Asylum were both like well loved. And then the second game came out and the second movie came out and that like changed the game. Oh, yeah. Really, really, really loved. But then something in the second one, something in between or like on the second one changed something. Well, really what it was is Joker. (laughs) Yeah. They were not able to use Joker in the third one. And so then for 
that or other reasons, the third one was not as well liked as the second one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I just thought that was very strange. And of course, I know there's Arkham Origins, but that one doesn't really count. I like that one more yeah. than Asylum. I didn't play it, but it's not made by the same studios. It's like right. mostly canon. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. But I just thought it was interesting that the, this, people see this as a high point. But I think it is one of the best sequels of all time. But I don't think I enjoy it as much as the general public does. I think it's just a, ta- a touch too dark. All right. Let's get to this. Um, so just a little bit of background on Nolan. Uh, like, I mean, super brief. Uh, one thing. This was Nolan's first sequel. Uh, his second is Dark Knight Rises. and um, Those are the only two he's ever done. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was even hesitant to come back to do this one. He right after Batman begins, he went and did um, the Prestige, one of my favorite Amazing movies. Movie. Oh my gosh, it's so good! Uh, and it's the Prestige. I think is like a forgotten film. Yes, I think I think a lot of Christopher Nolan's early films were, uh, but the Prestige. Like if you if you say the Prestige to someone who's watching, they're like, oh my gosh, it's so good. But at the same time, no one talks about it. But that's a different story. Uh, but so Dark Knight is Christopher Nolan's first uh, sequel. So after uh, making The Prestige, he decided to uh, meet with Goyer again and uh, start uh, making this movie. And just because he, he loved the idea of what Joker would be like in the Gotham that he made in The Dark Knight. Uh, I'm sorry, The Batman Begins. And so that's that's where we get this movie from. And Spencer, would you like to begin the synopsis? Yeah, so I kind of made up a little synopsis. I don't know. There might be other ones online. But basically, in the last year or so since the events of Batman Begins, Batman, Gordon leading the major crimes unit, and the ambitious new DA, Harvey Dent, have hit crime where it hurts in Gotham. The mob turns to someone they don't fully understand to help, the unpredictable, diabolical, new terrorist, the Joker. Joker's schemes cause our characters to all play their end games. And, and I think that you, kind of covers everything. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good synopsis. How did what did you think about Joker's introduction in this movie, the ro- the robbery? Oh, I thought that was really well done. I I mean, almost everything in this movie is perfect, but I thought that was a pretty good introduction into this is not your classic Joker. Oh, that's for sure. This is yeah. not comic book Joker. It's I mean, he he's much more kind of a one man game, like even though he brings on people, he's not. He's still doing he's still kind of on his own the whole time. So he, he t- tells all the guys to kill each other. Yeah. But he's also on, in on the operation. They don't know. And then he kills like the, the last two people and gets off with all the money. The entire time. Like one of the first things one of them says is how many are in the gang. And so right after that, I was like counting down when each one killed another. 
And so I was just keeping a tally in my head. But then it was so funny because Joker was killing off his own gang. But then throughout the movie, he was gaining numbers. Like he he killed one of the uh, mob bosses and then assimilated his crew. And near the end of the movie, he killed another one and gained his crew. Um, But at the same time, just straight off from the beginning, he doesn't really care about his crew. No. And I don't think he ever really has cared about his men that much, but like his charismatic leadership, I guess, still loops people in. Yeah. And there's only a couple major like weird plot like devices in this movie or things that just don't make sense. But something I did just think about now is that he has to like load up all of this money somewhere (laughs) and like by himself, like he's hiding out somewhere. Yeah. The other thing is that he wears makeup all but like two scenes of this movie. Maybe not even two. He's not wearing makeup when they try to shoot the mayor. But he still has all the scarring on his face. Like pretty noticeable. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. But but that I don't know why they wouldn't with, be that could tie in with his backstory of his dad giving him his scars. Well, that's the other thing about Joker's while we're getting into it is that he tells a different story every time he asks people why why he got his scars. And I don't know which story is true. Yeah. Well, Christopher Nolan didn't want to commit to an origin story. So that's Joker just doesn't part really of the have mystery. one, so yeah yeah kind of but not really yeah it's weird yeah i mean usually he if usually it involves him falling into some kind of toxic waste yes <laughs> that messes up his mind it, it's so comic booky <laughs> yeah exactly and you can't do that in this universe right um I think he's, I think there's some amount of dialogue. I can't remember when it is. When he's talking to Harvey Dent and he's talking about like, um, people only care if things go according to plan. Yeah. Um, and he talks, he's, he mentions like soldiers getting killed, but that was according to plan. And so that kind of felt like, He's come from like military and like this is some major form of PTSD. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it's a combination factor of he was probably in the military and got PTSD from that. And then like, I feel like the story of the wife might be the most true. Like, I think all of his stories probably have some degree of truth. And just all of those whacked up things. Mm hmm. And then the life of crime in Batman. I think that makes the most sense if I had to try to give him some kind of origin, but not that he needs one. Yeah, and, and I think I think the ambiguity of his origin adds to like his chaotic nature. Uh, I'll get more into that later, but um, he's he's so chaotic in what he does like he has a plan but the way he goes out to accomplish his plan is so chaotic and he just wants to cause chaos and watch the world burn did you think that gotham 
maybe it was because of like the events between, but I felt like Gotham was just like a smoking heap of dirt in Batman Begins. And in this, it's kind of like a cleaned up big city. Yeah, and I think I think I the, think that was to show, like, what Dent and Gordon have accomplished in Batman. It makes sense, but it's a man. It's just such a positive spot when we come in, but like everything goes to crap so quickly. <laughs> but like, I love that they uh, the mayor's talking about like catching Batman, and they're like the search is ongoing, and like they're <laughs> the the Batman search board has like Abraham Lincoln and the Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. Like they really don't care, and then like the the bat signal, like you can't not say the bat signal is something. So like Harvey Dent and is trying to get Gordon, and Gordon's like, "Oh, some bug with this <laughs> the lights. Better take it up with maintenance." <laughs> it was a lot of uh, uh, politics within the main characters. Um, oh yes. Of like Bruce trying to figure out if he can trust Dent, and Dent trying to work with Gordon, and Gordon trying and to Batman. be like, "Yeah, we're we're working uh, to find the Batman, but I'm friends with him." And it's just a whole bunch of uh, just politics. Like, I'll give you this if you give me that, that type of stuff. Which is like real politics in a way. Yeah. I, I think Gordon's almost the main character of this movie. Really? I think Dent is. Ooh, it could be both, but I, I think Gordon is like... He's experiencing it like all of us. Like, he kind of disappears for a little bit, but he's the one that has to get hit by Dent, and he talks to Batman, and he's trying to mm. save dent and batman's trying to save dent and i don't know i i felt like most of this was experienced through gordon yeah yeah he's he's definitely a a very important character to this movie yes i think and i think there's so much development of dent throughout this whole movie of him being the the white knight of gotham and then descending into darkness Yes. Like and being Dent the is Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, Dent is central to this story. And I think I noticed that more this time than any other watch. I've, I've only seen this a few times. Uh, when I was a kid, I uh, my parents didn't let me see this movie. I saw it at a friend's house or something when I was like 14. But I actually saw Batman Begins and then Dark Knight Rises. And then I watched this. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that definitely changed but I, how I looked at this one. But I think I still think this one's like objectively the best. It just might not be my favorite. But I'm not going to make that choice until we've seen all three. Yeah, I can't really remember Rises very much. I remember some of it's good and some of it's not. Yeah. Some of it's okay. Uh, I really like the uh, the moment where Gordon is he's just sitting by the light 
and they're like, why do you even turn on the light? Because like he's going to be Batman's some, always a no show. Uh, and Gordon's like, sometimes I want to turn it on just so they remember he's out there. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he show? Hopefully because he's busy. And then B- Batman's just taking on like the mob and Scarecrow. I like yeah. that Scarecrow's become a joke. <laughs> so every other time I've watched this movie, I've always thought that the the fake Batman were with Scarecrow. But now when I watched it, I actually got really confused on if they were or not. Oh, they're not. That's what I thought. I don't think so. Weren't they also in the car with Scarecrow when Batman? No, he was like hiding. He was like hiding behind. Also, I think there was more than one this time. Uh, Batman? Yeah, fake Batman. Yeah, there were like three or four. Yeah. Uh, something that was a big fun challenge of this movie. I don't think there's any Batman movie that occurs in the day as much as this one. And so there was like a yeah. bunch of situations where he couldn't be Batman, but he still had to act. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite was when uh, this is actually toward the end, but when um, Bruce saves the attorney guy. Um, by just driving uh, his car in by uh, to block. Oh, the you're truck. talking about um, no, you're talking about his accountant. Yeah, yeah, the accountant, Colton yeah. Reese. Yeah, no one likes him. Nope. <laughs> Remember all those? There was a bunch of theories that he was going to become the Riddler. Yeah, it's like come on, guys. <laughs> Although the natural, it would make sense for the Riddler to exist over other batman villains in this universe yeah he doesn't have any powers or anything yeah I, th- I think the riddler would be really fun in this universe i'm gonna have to explore trivia next time but i think there was early ideas in dark knight rises when they had to rewrite it to just replace joker with riddler but that would have been interesting i digress uh, so spencer what did you think about the uh, hong kong mission uh because i I think it's a cool scene and stuff, but at the same time, it's it's not in Gotham. Um, so I just think it's very different for a Batman film to have a non-Batman-centric uh, place. Fair. I really loved it, though. Yeah. As we've seen through the animated like Justice League universe, Batman is not just central to Gotham. Right. But this one really is. I think he has just all the motivation with Denton, Gordon, to be like, if I bring Lau back, can you get him to talk? And Harvey's like, I'll get him to sing. And then Batman just disappears. So I just like, um, this time was the most, I got to see the whole mission. Like they have to get a plane and he has to get Fox to like help him with his new suit and He has to like get in the, he's like, how do I get back on the plane? I recommend a travel agent without it landing. That's more like it, Mr. Wayne. (laughs) And like the, and then all of it together and Alfred brings all of the ballet as like the cover story. (laughs) Sailing across the Pacific ocean. It's just so much work and it all comes together. 
it just seems like such an easy cover story to unravel. Like, just ask the ballet people. It's like, hey, was Bruce with you the whole time? No. (laughs) But it's a movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's a movie. They don't care. It's not that big of a deal. And they actually, uh, I don't think it's in your trivia, but they that's actually, like, Christian Bale, like, standing on the edge of that building yes, in Hong it is. Kong. Yeah. Like, above everything else. And that's just, that's just an epic, epic shot. And that's a really long shot with that, like, goop, explosive goop, explosive gel, sniper rifle. Oh, okay, yeah. I was You said explosive gel, and I was like, Arkham City. <laughs> i was always so confused why you put it like in a smile no it's not a smile it's the batman symbol no no every time it's a smile (laughs) we're way ahead of ourselves this is my minute right episode i hope cole's listening to this <laughs> We're already making all the jokes, but no, it's not. It's a bad symbol. <laughs> anyway, uh, and Fox, Fox is also like part of the mission too. That's how he tracks down Lao. Yeah, Lao's like, we don't allow cell phones here, and Fox is like, oh, oops, I didn't. And they just, realize they I just had move it. on. <laughs> they just move on immediately. It's like, yeah. what on earth? Uh, what do you think of the the bat cave in this? And the cave is hard, quote unquote. Um, it, it was really open. I really like it. It's a yeah. very open floor plan. It, it's it's so different from uh, everything else, but I, I like it. I think it shows like, more of his Bruce Wayne side. I think we got to see a lot of Bruce Wayne. And to be honest, in Dark Knight Rises, I remember missing it. Yeah. The last time I watched it, I was like, but the cool Dark Knight, like, underground parking garage that was with all the fancy lights and stuff. He could just oh. keep both. <laughs> one thing <laughs> That's I really what Arkham Batman it, does. Like, there's, there's one conversation he has with Alfred that stuck out to me the most. It was when uh, when he was injured after fighting Scarecrow and the dogs had bit him and stuff. And Alfred was like, like, you have to take a break or something. And he's like, Batman can't take breaks. And he's like, but you have reached your limit. And it was just, it just showed the divide between Bruce Wayne and Batman. Because it's like, his whole purpose of creating Batman was to create a symbol but there's still a man behind that symbol. Yeah. I I thought that was a special scene, but just because this movie is like so packed, it's like you only get to feel about that or think about it for like one second. Yeah. There's so many scenes like, like that where you're like, oh, that's cool. Whoa, we're moving on. Snap. Snap. <laughs> Joker's murdering everybody. Important scene. Snap. <laughs> Something else happening. That's what I felt like with the um, the iconic first time that Harvey Dent is talking about if how Batman's good for Gotham, and he gives the 
I don't even remember what it was about, but the he talks about like a Roman centurion, like one of them is set to become a sentry of the city or something. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but don't they always kill everybody or something? <laughs> and then he says, you only, yeah, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. But like he says all of it so fast. They're just like, whoa, whoa, this was a huge scene. It just doesn't, this movie doesn't have time to to kind of center on dialogue and quotes, kind of like Batman Begins did. Yeah. Also, my favorite part about that dinner scene with where Harvey tells that story is it was basically a conversation between Dent and the Russian, even though Rachel and Bruce were still at the table, but they were silent through like the whole thing. Yeah, because Bruce just is like, yeah, who appointed Batman? Yeah. <laughs> I thought uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal was, was a great replacement for Katie Holmes. Uh, yes. Um, there was someone else that was almost her. Uh, Rachel McAdams and Emily Blunt. And I think both would have been really interesting in... Uh, Emily Blunt is famous for not wanting to be in a comic book movie, but she wanted to be in this, and I think that would have been real fun. I've seen about 10 minutes of the movie Sicario, and I don't remember what Emily Blunt's American accent sounds like in that. Uh, So I don't know what her American accent sounds like. So I'm just kind of like, I can't imagine it because of that. Obviously, Rachel McAdams would have been. She's great. Yeah, She's I can't remember actress, Emily Blunt's so. American Hatson either. I've seen that whole movie and I don't remember it. But but Maggie Gyllenhaal is great, and I haven't seen that many things she's in. So yeah. this was a is a good turn. Oh, I almost like her. I feel like well, I like her more than Katie Holmes. Speaking of Katie Holmes, she turned down this movie to be in a movie called Mad Money. I've never heard of that movie at all. I've heard of a See, lot of movies. I didn't know that's why she turned on the movie. That makes sense. There's so many, and we can kind of, we'll probably mention a couple more of these, but Joker already. There's so many like rumors because this movie was such a big thing that aren't probably true. So like everyone said Katie Holmes turned down this movie because of like her marriage with Tom Cruise or something like that. But it's like, no, that's that's probably not it. And it's not like now we know. Yeah. And there's just a bunch of like, so I'm like, I was kind of scared when I was trying to open up like any trivia for this because I was like, there's going to be, there's so much rumors about the Joker and all of these things. And it's like, I don't know. But yeah, Joker, anyways, back to the story. Uh, Joker starts murdering everybody. Uh, He's, it's so annoying how quickly they fall into his demise he's set for them like the judge like those two thugs just pretend to be like undercover cops and they completely sell it immediately yeah uh he goes into the party for harvey dent which of course bruce has to make the most like stylized entrance with a helicopter and for me i think i'm like that's great but also like the tv studio had to pay for a real helicopter to do all of that scene (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and helicopters are freaking expensive uh, but yeah Joker tells version number three ish of how he got his scars you know that was when I noticed uh, Hans Zimmer 
I don't know if it, this was Hans Zimmer necessarily, but that like guitar, like getting higher and louder and higher and higher to build the tension. Yeah. It works really well, but they do it like a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. It is it's so much in this movie. My, yeah. my tension was so high. Yeah. So it's hard to watch this. Like I watched it. This is like maybe my third or fourth watch. And I'm just like, oof, I can't do this very often. Yeah, there's so I, much tension. This is probably my like fifth or sixth maybe. Um, but I take a few year gap every time. Exactly. Uh as uh, how it should have ended on YouTube pointed out, Joker's just still upstairs with everyone. Like Batman jumps out and saves Rachel. They fall on a car. He's like, Harvey's safe. Okay, great. And then just skips to the next scene. And how it should have ended version. Rachel's like, are you going to go back up there and stop the Joker? No, everything's fine. And it's true though. Like it doesn't, I guess Joker just walks out like, that doesn't really make sense. I feel like he would like do something. And that's when Alfred talks about, well, he doesn't say that he burned down the forest, but he talks about the story. Uh, about uh, he said the bandit. He, says he uh, burns down the forest in a later scene. Yes. And it's like, that was one of the quickest cuts from a dialogue scene to a not scene. He was just like, we burned down the forest, like straight back into the next scene. But that's, of course, another quote of the movie. Some men just want to watch the world burn. And it's it's important because, like, Bruce thinks he's just dealing with another criminal with criminal uh, plans and ideas. But this is a whole different game. Yeah. And we as the audience definitely see that when he just burns, like, $65 million? I can't remember I how remember much it was, much. but it was a mountain of money. A lot. And yeah. I, I think that's when the audience realizes, oh my gosh, this isn't just some crazy criminal. This also, is Lau a- was on top, and I don't think anybody noticed that, but yeah, yeah <laughs> I did I this time. Did the a great scene is that big parade scene, which canceled the parade. Like, I'm sorry. It, the commissioner died big whoop there's a murderer on the loose who just killed the main judge and the commissioner and no we're gonna have like harvey dent and the mayor and commissioner gordon no he's not commissioner gordon i apologize he's just lieutenant gordon uh all walking together in the middle of like the most populated street with all the windows it's just asking for trouble. At least have it at night so Batman can be there. <laughs> have it in a shipyard <laughs> at night. Have it in a shipyard at night. I, I'm going to need floor grates, yeah. gargoyles, or vantage points. <laughs> and glass that you can put explosive gel on. <laughs> Ooh, shipping containers. Yeah. <laughs> for this batman specifically he needs he needs shipping containers that only open from one side (laughs) 
<laughs> so that he can come in from the other side anyway. Yeah. Because he's magic. <laughs> but as I love that Bruce Wayne has to, to kind of be himself and get in there. Uh, it's a great play that Gordon like fakes his death. But I don't understand entirely how he pulled it off. Like someone must have known he was still alive. And they went and told his family he was dead and everything. Yeah, you see, when you get shot, but you don't die, you can then act like you're dead. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, what doesn't uh, kill you makes you not dead. Yes. Also, that's when I realized that I'm like, Harvey's like, they're putting him off as this like white knight of Gotham, but he's kind of a maniac. Yeah. Like, and Rachel's fine. Rachel's still alive, and he's still, like, he's still being, like, all crazy with this guy. And Batman is the only reason he doesn't really, doesn't kill the guy. Uh, I think it's, I think it's evident, even in the courtroom early in the movie, that he is kind of crazy. Yeah, when he pulls the gun on him, and he's just like, yeah. I don't know. He looks good in that scene. Yeah, he does. But yeah, the uh, I mean, the whole flipping the coin thing. It's interesting that they made it a double-headed coin. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really clever... I don't know if the Two-Face in the comics had a double-edged coin. Um, like I'm pretty sure in the audio drama... It is a trick coin, but I don't remember in the comics. Don't know. Hmm. If someone does know this, write in. Yeah. <laughs> Message us. Uh, Joker gets caught on purpose. A trope definitely not copied by any other movies ever. I can't think of one. Afterwards, Skyfall. What? Sky's falling? Was this Chicken Little? No, I'm talking about James Bond movie. <laughs> Chicken Little copied the entirety of The Dark Knight. Mark my words. I, I can't even you remember any first. of the Chicken Littles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Not a single moment of it. But there really was aliens. I do remember that part. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone thought he was lying about the aliens, but he wasn't. There really was aliens. But no, so yeah, they, they pretty much copied like Skyfall is almost like a thematic copy of this movie in a lot of ways. Uh, what did you think of the this is a really loved scene is when Batman interrogates the Joker. It doesn't. It, uh, there's a lot of layers, I think, um, because Joker Joker says to Harvey that Joker doesn't have a plan. Um but this entire movie, people are like, oh my gosh, Joker playing this whole thing. Uh, and I really do think that Joker has a plan this whole time. Like at the end, oh, when yes. Batman fights him, he's like, you wouldn't think I would, uh, my plan would rest on this a fist fight with Batman, do you? And exactly. It's like, I think Joker just preys on Harvey's like, uh, thirst for revenge and 
against uh, Gordon and his like insanity now uh, to just push him over the edge. Yeah, Joker successfully like manipulates Harvey and points his revenge at someone else, even though it's entirely his fault. Yeah. But back to the uh, Batman interrogating Joker, I really like how it's super dark and Gordon's, he's not going to speak to Gordon. He's being all annoying. And Gordon's like, I'm going to need another cup of coffee. And he's like, ah, the good cop, bad cop. And he's like, something like that. And he shuts it and Batman's directly behind him. Just smack on the head. Like Never face, start with the head. The desk. <laughs> Never start with that. And then he hits him in the hand and nothing happens. I'm like, well, back to the head, please. But that's kind of where he, he breaks into Batman, too. Like, he gets Batman to lose it. And he lies, right? Like, he gives Batman and them the wrong addresses. Because yeah. if he had told, yeah, because if he had told Batman which one Rachel was in, Actually, then he would have saved Rachel. Like I think he knew Batman would be faster than the cops. It was uh, Joker told Batman and Gordon the wrong ones, but Batman told Gordon he was going to go after uh, Rachel when he was actually going after Dents, knowing that Joker switched them. No, that doesn't make sense. Crap. Um, wait maybe it does I got lost because he gives him two addresses and then he bursts out right and yeah. Gordon's like which one are you going after and Batman's like Rachel and then they but he was after going after Dent Dent well yeah. Batman didn't know that he comes in that's why he stops for a second and that's why Harvey's like why'd you save me and then Batman still saves him because oh I was thinking Batman you know. knew no, there's no way. I I at least this time. I think before I thought that he knew, but this time I'm like he was so emotionally charged when Joker was pushing his buttons about Rachel. Yeah, you might be right. I think he I think he was so emotionally charged because if he wasn't so emotionally attached, he probably would have realized that Joker was lying. And he would say that he would tell Gordon he was going after Harvey, but he'd actually go after Rachel. I think you're right. I'm going to have to watch the movie again. <laughs> yep, you're going to have to, that every three or four <laughs> years, you're going to have to change that. Just kidding. I imagine if we ever did a tenant review, we'd just be like, so was oh, this geez. this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Because a lot of a lot of Nolan's movies are really confusing. These are like the most straightforward. <laughs> but Prestige, Inception, so easy to get lost. One of his that I haven't seen yet, but I own, is Memento. I haven't seen Memento. I actually haven't seen Tenet. I just know it's confusing. Oh, yeah. uh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk's not that confusing. There's just almost no dialogue. <laughs> Once you realize that it's like three different times in Dunkirk, it's really simple and great. But watching it for the yeah. first time, like we watched it in theaters, like the day after uh, it came too. out, and we were we were like, "What is happening?" And then we realized, it and we're like, "Oh, that's so cool!" 
I feel so bad, but like I really liked the movie and I loved the theater experience and I bought the DVD on like Black Friday or something. I haven't watched it. Oh, on DVD. You haven't watched a movie it, that you own? My gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's I haven't that's watched all the movie. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't and I'm like I just I don't know. I just haven't thought about watching it again. And there's a couple of DVDs I have that are like I I love the movie enough that I bought the DVD. I just don't want to be caught in a situation where I do decide to watch it because I like it so much and I can't yeah. find it on streaming. Yeah, absolutely. That's the fear. That's why. I, and I do. I didn't mention it last time. I do have this trilogy on DVD. I got the whole pack. Oh, not I for didn't, this. I've, I I've the had pack. them a while. I don't have the pack, but I have all of the DVDs. I got some. It was like last year, the year before I got a um, all three of them for 10 bucks. It's like wow. a trilogy pack and it comes with like there's some artwork and stuff it's fun. that's really good yeah it's great anyway kind of wrapping up the movie uh there's the whole hospital stuff we already kind of talked about how joker pushes harvey over the edge there's some scenes with harvey trying to track down the the good cops which this time i didn't really take into account that we've seen both of the good cops this whole like the 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 bad cops if you will like the the paid off cops we've seen them the whole movie i, I knew we saw it wasn't as woman, obvious but it was this time that i realized warts we had seen throughout the movie yeah it was warts. both for both for me because we had flash in batman begins and he's like obviously a paid off cop yeah uh and everyone knew it like everyone in the entire movie knew it, but they weren't they weren't gonna do anything about it. This one it was like, oh, the guy that the guy at the beginning that's like the search is still ongoing for Batman. <laughs> like that guy's also paid off by the mob. And then like Gordon's right hand detective that we've been following this whole time is also paid off by the mob and Joker. It's so sad. And and Ramirez is talking about like she got caught on early because she couldn't afford her mom's medical bills. And so it gave a different side to it. Because if you think like, oh, the cops are on so-and-so's payroll, they're scum now. Mm-hmm. But it's not that simple. Not that simple for everybody anyway. Uh, I really like the Batman sonar. It's pretty much the only time in a movie that we've gotten the white Batman eyes. Yeah, uh, I think like it's, that was a really creative idea. I think it, the the visual of all the computer screens is great, but I I so agree with uh, Fox that that's way too much power. It's such a it's like this Bruce Wayne Batman though it's right up his alley. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> he's i mean and i after after this whole story i'm like no i've had it with this guy like we're gonna take him down whatever it takes right now yeah Yeah, it was introduced at a perfect time in the movie well actually and also he kind of been planning it this whole time because he put a bunch of money into this telecommunications project fox asked him about it and bruce is like oh i'm playing this pretty close to the chest and that was like that was in hong kong yeah. Or maybe right. At, it was right after Hong Kong. 
because that's when he learned about the possibilities with, of it. Next time, next time we're definitely gonna have to talk about how he fixed the autopilot because I don't, I still understand that one. <laughs> but we'll come back to that. Uh, the the fairies people always talk about the fairies and like the situation where who's gonna bomb who. That's a a really really great scene about like like Batman said like this city's full of people ready to believe in good. Yeah, I think it really brought in the theme of this movie of like uh like Batman represents order in the city and Joker's an agent of chaos, but really it's the people who decide what happens in the city and uh and it was great that the the uh prisoner was was like trying to convince everyone that he was gonna kill him but then he just threw it out the window uh but then on the other ship the guy's like you guys don't want to take the blood on your hands your hands do it and then he couldn't do it um and it really showed that the people were good yes i thought that was uh just a really meaningful thing especially in such a dark film that there's still hope and they're still good and like you're right it's like the people of gotham make the change like it's not just the three the trio of harvey gordon and batman like these people are are going to try to change the city on their own but uh we didn't mention it but the chase is great the whole chase scene where we get the cycle, the bat cycle. Oh, the bat cycle is so cool. Uh, something that didn't make sense but never will is the detective stuff with the bullet. That's oh. impossible. Yeah, I. I... It looked. <laughs> Everyone cool. talks about that. It but... looked cool. It's very detectivey Batman, but I hope the Matt Reeves Batman movie will be much have much better detective stuff. The first couple do, of times like, a I deep watched tissue this scanner movie. or something. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's so cool! That's how forensics work. You shoot the bullet, then you look at it to find the fingerprints." <laughs> but I was like, "And then you shoot more bullets, and then find the bullet that's the same, and then <laughs> the computer will make the the fingerprint off yeah. the bullet." <laughs> doesn't make every any sense. every bullet that is shot into a wall has the same fingerprint. <laughs> Oh, one dope thing I wanted to mention when Batman's going through the building, there's the part where he gets surrounded by the SWAT and they're all tied up and they don't know it. Yeah. And he like kicks something over the edge and he has his hands up. He kicks something over the edge and every single one of them falls off and but doesn't, you know, die because they're still tied up. Perfect. Such such a Batman thing. I was I was watching you. I was like, oh, I hope their heads don't hit the concrete of the other floor. <laughs> it's a good thing Batman had time to measure this out. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so good. But let's uh, let's transition into the next sections. So, I I really think that all of the the Dark Knight trilogy films have a central theme and they go into like the mythos of Batman in what he fights for and stuff. We kind of talked about, about it last time when we went over Batman begins Um, this time. uh, I think there's, 
a lot of different themes. And we've kind of talked about how in this movie, uh, like Alfred or Bruce or someone else says something. And then we have like a second to think about it. And then we move on. Um, and so we're going to take the time quickly to try to remember all those. And uh, so first, there's the discussion between the Russian ballet person, Dent, Bruce, and Rachel. Um, and they basically talk about, is vigilantism good or bad? Um, and they bring up arguments like they take the law into their own hands. Uh, or... Um, they protect the city when no one else seems to can. And, uh, and then later, um, like we just, were just talking about Joker and Batman discuss Gotham's values while the two fairies are contemplating whether blow up the other one or not. And, but it's, it's all down to the individual person's decision on what to do. And they vote for it and stuff, but they still have to, pull the trigger um but they decide they can't do it they they can't have that blood on their hands and um just to jump in i just remembered something harvey dent his first response to his vigilantism good or bad he said like i don't have any problems with a civilian like willing to do what's right yeah just further 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 builds into the narrative that we're already building and I think that also goes to show like why Bruce decides to throw the fundraiser for him because that whole meeting was so Bruce could decide if he could trust Dent um, or if he was corrupt. And it was because... Yeah, he probably honestly planned the whole thing out so that yeah. he'd get the reservation because, at the right time. Yeah, and it was because Dent showed that he could, uh, that he trusted Batman in that way that Bruce was like, all right, I'll give him some money. And, and so I think the really the, the heart of this movie was, are the people willing to do the right thing? And that goes to show, like, is Bruce's cause as Batman just, or is it just him going out to beat up people for selfish reasons? But it really is to be a symbol for the people of Gotham. And I think... That also goes to show, like, Batman is a symbol. But also, Batman in this movie is trying to pass on the symbol to Harvey Dent. Um, because Dent is putting people behind bars permanently through legal process. Uh, and he's doing what Batman couldn't. Uh, and so I think there's a little play on words when it comes to the title of this movie. The title is Dark Knight. So obviously, first people think of Batman as a Dark Knight because that's what his moniker is in comics and such. But Harvey Dent is also referred to as the White Knight, uh, and that then throughout the movie he's descending into darkness, and then at the end he's become Two Face, and half of his face is is dark, and I think at the end. He is the Dark Knight, but then also Batman has to be portrayed as the bad guy, and he is the Dark Knight. So it's a, like, man, it's a play on words on play on words. And Gordon uh, wraps it all up in a nice bow with the end line. Yeah. Like, 
he needs us to chase like we have to chase him because he can take it Mm -hmm. and like he's the hero gotham deserves but not the one it needs and it really just goes to show more of like this the symbolism of batman being yes what the city needs so good uh and then the the chase scene in batbite versus joker it's one of the best scenes <coughs> but there are so many underlying layers to that scene uh cuz I, I mean i've kind of talked about how batman is a symbol of order joker's an agent of chaos and by this point Joker has already been identified by the mob and Alfred that he just wants to see the world burn. He wants chaos. And he knows that Batman has one rule, that he won't kill people. And so this scene, Joker's just trying to uh, convince Batman to kill him. And not in a, like a suicidal way, he just wants Batman to break his one rule and to break order and to cause chaos even more. Because uh, he also knows that Batman is that symbol of Gotham. And if he breaks that symbol, then he breaks the city and causes more chaos. Spencer, do you have anything else to add? No, man. I think that's, I think that's great. Let's, let's, let's get into whatever the real trivia is. <laughs> let's try yeah. to establish that. Uh, so before I go into trivia... Spencer, are your uh, are the lights in your recording room on or off? Uh, they're on, but just a dim one towards the door, just so you can only see the front side of me. Oh well, that's 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 unfortunate because I have the entire lights in my house off because it's time for some dark trivia. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> it's right behind me. Ah! <laughs> Of course, it is still light outside, and I'm right by the window, so it's still pretty light mm-hmm. in my house. But that's besides the point. So the dark trivia. Yes. So dark trivia. Uh, most of this is going to be about the skyhook, uh, which is fine. Everyone yeah, knows the I mean, rest of it. Yeah, and, and that's <laughs> it. Because like this movie is so famous, and people love it. In they already know a lot about the trivia and how Heath Ledger got an Oscar posthumously and um, stuff about uh, Katie Holmes leaving and then Maggie Gyllenhaal coming in and stuff like that. So we wanted to take a little different approach to trivia. And so there was one line in the movie where uh, Bruce was talking about getting back into an airplane without it landing and Lucius Fox is like, you should look up Skyhook. And then the scene ended. So I was like, all right, Lucius Fox, I'm going to look up the skyhook. And I did. And there was actually quite a bit of info. The skyhook was first used in... It was first used to pick someone up in 1943. There were a lot of tests before that. Uh... A lot of them involved using animals. Um, there was one attempt that brutally destroyed a sheep. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, 
hey, Oof. I told you it's some dark trivia. <laughs> yes. Please continue. <laughs> so the first attempt to put someone up was in 1943. It was successful. Uh, but this was during World War II, and that wasn't an actual mission. It was just an, an attempt. Uh, the first mission success was in 1944, and it was just to pick up a glider. Uh, and then ultimately they didn't really use it much during World War II, but Robert Fulton uh, improved on the design. So the, the plane would pick up or drop a package that contained 500 feet of nylon rope and a portable bottle of helium to inflate the balloon. And so the line, well, they would inflate the, the balloon, attach it to the rope, and the rope would go up to 500 feet. The plane would attach to the, or the line would attach to the plane using a sky anchor uh, that was like on the bottom of the plane. And it, it fed through to the uh, like cargo door, basically. And uh, it would feed under the plane until the crew would pull it in. And they used dummies to test it, and then they used a pig. Uh, and the pig, when they tested it, the pig just started spinning uh, as it was tied to the rope and just spun and spun. And when it finally got pulled in the plane, it got really angry and started attacking all the crew members. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess... Don't try this at home um, if you have pigs, I guess, or something. Yeah, there's a moral to the story. Uh, but this was fixed in 1958 when uh, I believe he was a Marine member. Levi Woods extended his arms and legs during pickup to prevent spinning. Uh, and so this was this was the first person to do it uh, successfully after World War II. This was in 1958. Uh, and then later, uh, Skyhook was used in 1960 to pick up research equipment during the Cold War. Uh, it was used in Operation Cold Feet to retrieve intel. It may be used today in government operations, but it's probably kept a secret. Uh, of course, James Bond used it in the movie Thunderball. And I think that's one of the worst titles for a James Bond movie. Um, and that's it for Skyhook, but really some interesting stuff. And I love it yeah, that seriously. Christopher Nolan was like, we're going to put that in there. And just in that one line, and then we see it happen. Uh, but then nothing's talked about it in the movie. <laughs> uh, Spencer, did you know the importance of J the Joker's mask? No. Okay. I will tell you. The Joker's mask that he took off and was like, I'm the Joker. Uh, it was actually a nod to the mask that Cesar Romero's uh, wore in the Batman TV show in the 60s. Uh, this was the debut of the Joker in that, in that show. Uh, the, the episode was titled Joker is Wild. Uh, it was based off a comic issue from 1952 called Joker's Utility Belt. The comic issue, Joker has a belt with gadgets. 
uh, similar to Batman. And uh, this might have also been nodded to in the movie when when the police were taking out all the knives from Joker's jacket and such. Maybe, not sure. But that mask that Joker wore um, is almost identical to the mask that Cesar Romero wore in the TV show episode. That's great. Uh, the judge finding a card, a Joker card, might have been later referenced to in Batman versus Superman when Senator Elastigirl found Grandma's peach tea in uh, Batman versus Superman. Maybe. What do you Except think about that? Urine, but yes. But yeah, yeah. And it, I'm not sure I, if it was Grandma's sweet tea or peach tea. No, it was peach tea. Okay. Yeah, I thought of that, and I wasn't really sure. I can't remember the actress's name either. Uh, you keep going. I'm gonna find it. Okay. The so there's there's a mishmash of comic inspirations for this movie. Her name's Holly Hunter. That's right, Holly Hunter. I like her name, Senator Elastigirl, more. <laughs> Uh, so there were several comic book inspirations for this movie. One is from Joker's first appearance in 1940. Another is the Long Halloween. Uh, great comic. Uh, you should look it up. Uh, if you don't want to read it, you can watch the Long Halloween movies, which are pretty accurate. Uh, they're animated, so that's probably even better with DC's record. Uh, another... Inspiration was Long Dark Knight Returns and The Killing Joke. I I know most of those. If not, I've read them. I I don't see a I I don't understand how those are inspirations to this movie. I think it's a pretty original story. Yeah, like the and they might the, have pulled some character themes from for the Joker from those. Yeah, like the Long Halloween. The mob was pretty centric to the story. But I'm not for sure about the Dark Knight and the Killing Joke, but like that's fine. Like most of the comic book stories now are there's inspirations from everything. Joker's smile was inspired by a Glasgow or Chelsea smile, um, and it it's just like a a wound um, comes out from the mouth. Uh, and then, so Joker's yes. prosthetics kept falling off, and so he kept it licking his lips to keep them in place, mainly because he didn't want to be stuck in the makeup department for a few hours having them put it back on. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, so there was supposed to be a scene where Kane was greeting the guests as they came out of the elevator. I guess it was this was in like a deleted scene or something but there was a scene where uh kane was doing that and then joker's crew came out and it scared michael kane so much that he forgot his lines because this was the first time he saw the joker well joker walks straight past michael kane in the movie and okay but yeah yeah and then uh bruce wayne's stunt actor is uh buster reeves and um, he has the same last name as the director of the Batman upcoming movie, Matt Reeves. 
I, I tried to figure out if they were related, but I can't figure it out. But if they are, um, I tried to look it up first. Uh, the Dark Knight is the only Batman movie not to have Batman in the title. Pretty sure I did find this uh, fact before Justice the Dark League Knight came Rises. Out. Well, yeah, that too. So I'm not sure if uh, Batman or Justice League would count or not, but it is one or is the first Batman film to not have Batman in the title. I guess we should say now. Yeah. And this was the first film to have some scenes shot in the IMAX. Uh, one of those scenes is uh, the Joker robbery at the beginning. That was all shot in IMAX. Not the entire film was shot in IMAX, but this was the first film. Most other things that were shot in IMAX during that time were just documentaries. So this was really big for movie industries at the time. Uh, and then one of my favorite facts about this movie, after this movie was made, uh, there was a city in Turkey named Batman that tried to sue uh, because after this movie, the city got a negative response uh, and people didn't want to go to the Batman city. Why they thought it was due to this movie and not anything else since the creation of Batman, the character, I don't know. Um, obviously, the the case failed because we have gotten Dark Knight Rises. We have gotten uh, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League twice, but the same movie, and we're getting another one soon in Batman games. So the case didn't work, but I love it that there's a city named Batman and they tried to sue a movie because I just for want some to note, reason. I just want to note that I uh, did not, when I re- first read that, I thought, I didn't think of the country turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, what is, what is Tim thinking here? Like, where is he finding them? Like, I'm like, is there a big group of turkeys? Like, do they call that a city of turkeys? It's like a really grand, but like like a a super smart turkey that made a city. Or in a a more real sense, like, is this like a wildlife sanctuary for turkeys that's named Batman? (laughs) And I was just like, I really, and then he didn't, Tim put it in the middle and he skipped it. So I thought maybe he's making a joke. And then at the end, you started mentioning it. I'm like, oh, he. this is actually a real fact, and he <laughs> saved it for the end. Um, what a bananas thing. My brain was like, what on earth is this? <laughs> the city of turkeys. <laughs> there should be a superhero based on turkeys. Turkey man. I'm, I'm surprised there isn't. I'm it's also surprised be. there isn't. There's got to be. Spencer, do you have any uh, dark trivia? Uh, I I don't want to mention anything that's been tread on already. So I think that's I think you kind of nailed all the things. Uh, the motorcycle's real, but it doesn't go that fast. Um, so you noticed in some scenes it's like they try to speed it up, but in other scenes, like when people are like jumping out of the way and stuff, it's like a little bit. It only goes like twenty five miles per hour, I think. <laughs> but it's still cool. It's yeah. still very cool. That's the main one that I'd want to mention. 
Oh, and they actually, the part with him turning his head, like Batman turning his head, that was something that Bale requested. And they built it in the costume department and then integrated it into the film. So I think that that's so funny thing. because that's a big complaint against Keaton's Batman. Was it, he tur- turned his yes. head. They, uh, and I noticed they kind of gave up on the Gotham license plates because Bruce Wayne's Lamborghini just straight up has Illinois on it. <laughs> it's almost like, it's almost like this movie just took place in Chicago, uh, but that's okay. Anyway, it's, it's like a 9.5 out of 10, if not 10 out of 10. The only reason I can't fault it is just, it's very tense. Like that's the only reason I can really fault it. And, and very long. It's pretty but long. Still, it's yeah. only two hour, two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I would say what about nine point five. I think we said nine point five both times, but that's okay. Yeah. Maybe I said nine for Batman Begins, but still a great movie. Anyway, this has been another Spencer and Tim tackle on the Fandom Done Right podcast. Next week, we're talking about. How Batman didn't die <laughs> in the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> that probably will take up most of the time, if we're being honest. And how he crawled out of the pit. But anyway, should be interesting. Did did uh, Tom Hardy take steroids? Find out next week. <laughs> anyway, uh, make sure to connect with us on Instagram at Fandom Done Right to get more content. Let us know what you think of these movies. Thoughts ahead of Dark Knight Rises. Any of all of those things. Um, and subscribe to never miss an episode. See you next week.